Rewinding. Rewinding Kaya FM on FM Rewind. Have you ever wondered what Legal Aid South Africa does? How it can help you? Well, this is a show to listen to, to find out how the Legal Aid can help you. If you give us a call on 86 you'll get to speak from three people from the Legal Aid South Africa who will be taking all your questions and in, in, in answering the criteria for, for being um, given the services. And actually, if you have an actual legal question, they are also here to take any questions that you might have for them. That's the law report for you tonight. Know your rights. Know the law. The law report with Michael Matuening Bill. All right, welcome to the Law Report. Uh, thank you very much to Sutumeya. She will be back again at 9 o'clock uh, where you can look forward to some more of Sutumeya. But for now, let me introduce my guest from uh, Legal Aid South Africa. You will know this, that the unemployment rate in South Africa is not the best in the world. You will know that not a lot of people um, can afford, even those that are employed, not a lot of people can afford legal services. In fact, legal services are, I'll be the first to admit it, pretty uh, exclusive to for many people and inaccessible simply because it is an expensive service to, to 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 seek and what we have in this country is legal aid south africa and that's the institution that is in place to help you so tonight um i'm joined in the studio by mr mfanafuti shabangu he's the legal aid uh, south africa communications executive and that shabangu good evening and thank you so much for coming to the show good evening i'm also joined um by his colleague uh, Ms. Hononisha Hon- Hon- hendricks and she's the legal aid south africa national um, legal manager um miss hendricks good evening and thank you so much for joining us good evening and finally, I'm joined uh, by Mr. Stephen Mufuking, and uh, I've had him before. He reminded me some two years ago. Uh, he's the head of Legal Aid South Africa, Krugersdorp local office. So I got all types of um, expertise in the studio to take any questions that you might have. If you need legal advice, legal services, you want to know how you can qualify, you want to you want to know how you can be helped. Do you give us a call? Also, not just that. If you actually have a legal question that you'd like answered tonight, also I have um, two esteemed lawyers who, who are ready and able to take any of your questions that you might have. And the number to use for that is 086 You can also tweet me. I'm at my training bill. I guess a good point to start is, is you know, everybody talk about, talks about Legal Aid South Africa, you know, um, but, but, but I don't imagine that all of us have, have a good enough understanding. A lot of people might think that it is something that is, more for criminal services and 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 not involved in, in in civil matters and and I think that a fair question I I I I figured would be what does Legal Aid South Africa do? Perhaps to to start on that, Legal Aid South Africa is a national public entity established by the Legal Aid South Africa Act 39 of 2014. What we do is provide legal advice. Mm-hmm. And beyond that, of course, we, we provide legal representations to persons at state expense. Beyond that, we do education and information programs to communities, educate them about their rights, mm-hmm. about their constitutional rights in South Africa. So that's in a nutshell what we, we do. And, 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 and perhaps then, you know, a, a lot of people might, might, might think of legal aid as, as operating largely in the criminal space. And if I can bring you in, Ms. Hendricks, is it, 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 I understand that it also does civil law. And, and perhaps which, wh- wh- when do I know when my civil matter, in other words, my non-criminal matter, can be adjudicated by Legal Aid South Africa? 
So we have um, the legal South Africa regulations Mm -hmm. and in the regulations it details the kind of civil matters that we will get involved in and the kind of civil matters for which legal aid cannot be granted. Um, it is is fairly extensive the regulations, but just to name a few matters that we do assist, mm-hmm. and and also to mention that we focus on vulnerable groups. Sure. So we we're talking about children. So we will get involved in children's matters. In, for example, matters in the children's court, mm-hmm. children in need of care, those kinds of matters. Applications uh, with regard to access, contact care. For minor children. So, so, so what we're talking about here when we say contact care is um, a lot of people call into the law report, for example, saying, I'm a parent, I would like access to my child. Is that what you what you mean? You know, is, is that the kind of service that one can come to Legal Aid South Africa for? Yes. So the parents in, in such matters can also apply for legal aid. Mm-hmm. I must mention that there is a qualification criteria in terms of the means test. Sure. So that is something that must be applied first before we get to the, the part where we look at what type of matter. Um, so uh, the, the means test. Uh, we just um, had an amendment in terms of the means test and what that amendment meant is that the threshold was increased Mm -hmm. and so for a single person applying for legal aid so that's an unmarried person yes this is an unmarried person a single person might not only mean an unmarried person because in terms of our regulations we also take into account a household so if you live together um, for more than four days in the week and you share resources, we consider that as a household, okay. even though you are not married. And so the household means this will be taken to, into account in the, those instances. Mm-hmm. Um, um, my colleague will perhaps talk more about the thresholds and the actual limits. If sure. You I mean, I mean and, and, and let's get to, uh, uh, to that, Mr. Shabang. So what are the thresholds? So how much, so, so and, and I'm a bit, I mean, you know, a bit worried at the, at the fact that sort of a life partner or somebody that you cohabitate with their income is taken into account when when you know but we'll get more into that but let's talk about um the numbers how much do i need to be earning whether as a single person or as a household to be able to get um help from legal aid south africa so previously the threshold threshold was sitting at uh, five thousand five hundred yeah now it has increased to 7,400. Mm-hmm. That is for somebody unmarried, like you said. Yes. All right. In a household, the household used to, the threshold was set, uh, sitting at 6,000, but now it's at 8,000. Okay. That is a family, or other people staying together, sharing bills, you know, as, yes. as, she, as my colleague explained. We also take into account what the person has in terms of assets. If it's uh, movable assets, your furniture, and other things that one has. Previously, that was sitting at 100,000, but now it's 128,000. Okay. All right. In terms of uh, immovable uh, property or assets, it was sitting at half a million, 500,000, but now it's been 640,000. So that's where we are excited because mm-hmm. this means um, more people will have access to justice. Mm. I'm talking to Legal Aid South Africa. If you have any questions for my guests, do give us a call 86 This may be a question relating to how to qualify for Legal Aid South African services or 
whether you just have a legal questions and you would like to be helped um, or at least be guided in terms of where to go, do give us a call. And you can also tweet me. I'm at Matoning Bill. That's my Twitter handle. Now, now, now let me let me let me then talk about this. I mean, I I I, I it, it shouldn't really you know detain us for too long, but I I can't let it. It lingers in my mind the issue of the household, because I can imagine lots of dynamics. People live with people, people share household with other people, but it doesn't necessarily mean that they might be committed to the same cause. I might cohabit, uh, co- uh, cohabitate with somebody, but when they are fighting for their kid, I might not have an interest in helping out um, because they they have waging you know a fight unrelated to me. I, I, I imagine that that creates a lot of gray uh, is it just me? Um, I can answer that yeah. because mostly, mostly it it comes into play with civil matters. Right. I, I just need to mention in criminal matters, you will all, always be considered as a single applicant. Right. But in civil matters, we consider the household income. Mm. So when we consider that, we do consider the kind of matter that you are applying for. Mm. So we weigh up what the interest is in terms of the matter that you are applying for, and then the involvement of who is the household and what is this household made up of. So those are the things that does come into play and then the our regulations gives the head of the office provincial executives and then finally our national office the discretions to make decisions um, around when a person would qualify in those circumstances so so back to kids so does that mean that maintenance issues um, you know maybe just give me like a, a I, I get that the regulations are extensive but give me a, a feel of if, if, if I'm sitting and I'm listening to Kai FM at this moment and I want to know whether my civil matter can, 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 I can be helped by Legal Aid South Africa, which one? So something that, did I understand the first group to be anything that pertains to a child? So whether it's maintenance for the child custody, uh, or as they call it, primary residence, access, all of those things? Yes, yeah, so in terms of children, even administration of estates. So we have a, a, specific, a specific memorandum of agreement with the chief master's office that will assist when there are minor beneficiaries and there are deceased estates that need to be uh, administered. Right. We do not normally, in terms of our regulations, we do not normally do administrations of estate, but for children we make that exception that we will assist children right. so that the, the minor beneficiaries in those matters um, get the benefit that due to them. And can I come for a divorce? Yes, we do assist with divorce matters, mm-hmm. um, evictions. We assist in terms of evictions, in terms of pie. In certain circumstances, we assist in terms of ESTA. We know that the Department of Rural what is ESTA? So ESTA is the extension of Security of Tenure Act. So this focuses on evictions where they are agricultural land. Yes. So. There is a funding that is given to the Department of Rural Development and Land Reform to assist um, people with legal representation in ESTA also, but where they are not available to do that, and um, we will assist clients with ESTA, but mostly it's the department that assists with that, and we assist with evictions in terms of PI, which is in your... um, uh, not rural areas in any other other land than agricultural land, meaning not farms mm-hmm. in the cities, mm-hmm. those type of evictions. I, I, I mean, land then becomes an interesting one. It's a, it's a very topical issue currently in South Africa. So if I have a land dispute, whether I've been dispossessed or, or whatever the kind, can I then also come to you? Yes, so in terms of um, our regulations, land 
claim mm. matters um, is excluded in terms of the lodgement of a land claim. Mm -hmm. We can only assist in land claims matter if the dispute is against the land, land claims commissioner. And the reason for this is that and we end where we receive funding for these matters. And the reason for this is because funding has been allocated to the Department of Rural, Rural Development and Land Reform again to make legal representation available for such matters, meaning land claims, any land claim matter disputes that need uh, that people need assistance with and they cannot afford the cost of legal representation. So people can then apply to the Lands Claim Commissioner for legal representation and that is why it's excluded from us. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and, and our, our, our assistance is limited to where the Land Claims Commissioner is the other party in the litigation. Got it. All right. I am taking your calls. And like Philip, you can give us a call 86 Philip from Orange Farm, good evening and thank you for calling. How are you, sir? Well, and you? I'm okay, thank you. Mm. Uh, can I ask something like, I just need some legal advice. I don't know if maybe it's a question or what, but what it is that we, I run a small construction company. Yeah. And then what, uh, did they deal with business like uh, legal advice for We'll business? ask your questions. We'll try to get you some help. Okay, what it is that now, uh, when they tried to apply for a tender somehow, and then the tender was declined. But later on, we were approached by someone working for JRA, and then we said that there is a document that we need to sign. Like we, we took the contract, and then I signed it. The contract, uh, it was valid when I checked it, and then get everything like JRA every day. And after that, we did the work. And then when we were supposed to get paid, and then they changed it, and then they said the contract was fake. So they said that the, the contract didn't exist. Even today, like when we tried to contact them to say they must pay us, they said no. That guy uh, is fired from work, from JRE, he was fired, so they can't pay us because the contract was a fake contract. Huh. So I think he did it for himself. That's what they said. They said no, the tender was not issued by JRE at all. But where did you come to, 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 to find this tender? Where was it published? No, what happens is that uh, there was a, like, you know, in the, in the blocks and how do you do it, like the SMEs, and they come with the main contractor. Mm -hmm. And then we apply to the main contractor. And then when we apply to the main contract, the main contractor declined our application. And then later on during the month, they called us to say, come on. Uh, there's some job that you guys can do for us. And then when they came there, they gave us a contract. It was the, that construction company along with those GRA people because we applied before it was a local local tender. Mm. And right. then later on, first time they did the payment from that construction company, but the second payment they said, I'm not doing tender, take the document, or the uh, documentation. So you signed a contract with a JRA as well as that um, a master contractor, essentially, and you yes, yeah, the master so three contractor, people yes. involved in it. Yes, three, that was the main contractor and JRA also. So when we were supposed to get paid, they said that no, you can't pay us because now that contract was a fake contract. Mm. Okay, cool. Let's 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 see if we can get you some help, Philip. And and I think this question is of of particular importance because it it sort of you know leads to another question that I might have. We know the plight of SMMEs. We know that somebody is, is trying to do business and, and, I'm, and I'm wondering whether you know, one might have imagined that what you do is really services that are of a personal nature where you're trying to vindicate your personal right and not so much your private right, um, uh, i.e. commercial 
transaction and so forth. But Philip could very well be earning less than um, uh, 7,400, could very well have assets of less than 100,000 rands. Would you be in a position to help a person like Philip? Um, Philip was talking about we. And yeah. I, and I assume that, that he's talking about a legal entity. Philip, are you still there? Yes, I'm still here. I, 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 this contract that you signed, did you sign as Philip or did you sign as a company? As a company. Oh. Okay. okay. All right. So, Philip, um, in terms of our regulations, again, our services is limited to natural persons. And so, legal aid is not available to legal entities. Mm. Okay, okay. Yeah, okay. <laughs> okay, so, so but, but would it have been different if, if he had still sort of exactly the same set of facts, except he had done it as a sole proprietor? Yes, yeah, so if it's... But it's no, still in business. It's no. still a, he's still going to hire people and, you know, he's a, a, exactly the same thing, except it's not under a juristic person, it's under, as a sole proprietor. Um, if it if it if he's just a, a person entering into a contract with somebody um, and he wants to claim money as you know just in, the, a in person, these facts in these facts well in these facts it seems like it's an entity it, 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 yeah and so so, so, so it will limit the yeah. assistance that legal aid South Africa can render right but if it was a person wanting to claim money from another person because of work that they've rendered to that person or services actually that they've rendered to that person then legal aid could be available depending on the amount that they want to claim sure one of the exclusions is that if your claim falls within the small claims court jurisdiction then legal aid is not available for that because you can access the small claims court to claim the money. Right. All right. So, so can we help Philip anyway? Is, is this, does this sound like you have enough facts? Just for, for the purpose of the radio, shall I venture an answer? Okay. Yes. So, so, Philip, it, it's a very difficult thing because, I mean, he's wrestling with, they say that documents are fake. So, if mm. the document is fake and if it, so the, the, the issue really centers around the factual position is the document really fake? If it's fake, then you would have no recourse against the JRA. But if it is not, and perhaps the issue is that the person who signed didn't have the authority or something of that nature, you might very well have a case. But your question is indeed um, complex and it does require that we have a little bit more information. Um, so I'm afraid that's as far as we can take it. It is um, important enough that you should probably consult a lawyer um, um, uh, that way you, you would know where you stand because it seems like a factual inquiry as opposed to a legal one. Gugu, I do see your call. We'll take your call after this. Know your rights. Know the law. The Law Report with Michael Matuening Bill. Welcome back. We continue our discussion. I'm talking to um, uh, Legal Aid South Africa and joining me in the studio is Mfana Futishabangu, who is the communications executive, as well as um, uh, Honashia uh, Hendricks, and she's the national legal manager, and also Stephen Mufukeng, who hasn't been, <laughs> whom I haven't, <laughs> hasn't said anything because I haven't asked him a question yet. And, and, and certainly we'll be turning uh, to him um, after this. That's uh, Stephen Mufukeng. He's the um, uh, head at the Krugersdorp local office. I want to take your calls and Remember, this is a show for you, so I've got um, all my guests ready and able to take any question that you might have for them, either uh, about the work of Legal Aid South Africa or any question that you might have about a real issue that you have. Give us a call, 86 Gugu from the South, good evening and thank you for calling. Hi, Michael. Thank you so much for taking my call. 
Um, this is a, a legal question, really. So mm. my cousin has uh, been arrested twice before. He's currently attending right now for a for the third time, right? Mm. So what I would like to know is, in terms of the diversion, um, does it only apply to first-time offenders, or can it also apply to get one so that he doesn't go to prison? Okay, thanks for your question. And before before I, I, I ask uh, Stephen Muff again to come in, can I just ask, you said he was arrested and this is the second time. Was he convicted on the previous occasion? Frankly, okay, sorry to cut you, but right now this is the third time. So first time around what happened is he got a suspended sentence. Okay. And then second time around, I think he paid because he he damaged some property at someone else's house. I think he paid to fix that place. And then this time around, he got uh, arrested for shoplifting. Okay. And then the, f- the the first time, what was the offence where you got a suspended sentence? Malicious uh, damage to property. The first one, you said that's the second yes. one? The first and one. And then same. The first one is malicious damage. Uh, okay, sorry, both malicious, malicious damage. damage. So the yes. suspended sentence is in respect of malicious damage to property. Yes. And the current yes. one is shoplifting. Correct, yes. All right. Ndadam do you have any questions uh, before, before we lose Google? Yeah, based on the question, the period between the two previous convictions how long was it was it part of one year two years or how long was it? Mm, the second one i think it's about a year ago the second one okay mm. and then the first one it was a couple of years ago okay no good evening listeners it's uh, you know in in terms of con- uh, diversion normally they look at uh, those previous conviction whether a person is a first offender and in this case, the, the, the prosecution, when you, you, you must go, we do a representation with the prosecution, which will make a decision. But in this fact, I think it will, it's going to be hard to get it. Definitely, they will want to go through the process and then the judicial officer, who is the magistrate, because it's a, a, a theft of a, a shoplifting, mm. who will have to make a decision on it. And whether most of the time we find that some people, they go through the trial and the magistrate make decision and uh, issue his verdict. Or if they plead guilty, then it is up to the magistrate whether he give suspended sentence or looking into previous conviction, he give a certain type of a, a, a sentence. Mm. Because it's clearly that the previous two, they did not serve any deterrent. That That's what the judicial officer will look into it. But it's not easy to give a diversion so many times. Most of the time, people who benefit from diversion, they are the first offenders. Yeah, how old is he? 26. And what's the value of the items shoplifted? Uh, I think they said 500 and something. Yeah, yeah okay. So, yeah, I, I think, I think is, is diversion the only... The only, because I mean, I, I think Google's question is narrow in the sense that it's she's asking about diversion, and and I, I'm doubtful that that's of great help to 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 her cause insofar as you know getting a, I guess a broader picture of her options. Having ruled out diversion as a possibility, of course, it's it's not up to us in the studio. It's something that is still subject to the discretion of 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 I guess the judicial officer in this case. But what then remains? So, so because I think often people think about sentencing as, okay, I'm not diverted, so there's, there's a next step that I go to jail, or are there other options in between diversion and going to jail? No, there are other, there are other options of sentences. 
if you don't get diversion, if you go through and then the, he's convicted, the presiding officer can give him a suspended sentence, yeah. whether he will sentence him but not go into prison, mm-hmm. or he can give him uh, option of fine that mm-hmm. uh, I give you a suspended sentence with an option of fine. Yes. And uh, take into consideration the value of the the item, you'll find that if it's 500 and so, I don't think it will be that hefty fine. Yeah. It will be fine that you will be able to pay most of the time. Yeah, and there's also so correctional, correctional supervision, which, again, which yeah. is very seldomly used, mm-hmm. but I think it's, it's one of the most powerful tools that are available in terms of sac- sanctions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So, 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 Google. I'm afraid. Um, you, you know, you can try. You know, with diversion, but but we don't think so. But I also think that there's a lot that can be done to avert the possibility of your brother um, going to jail or being subjected to direct imprisonment. So, 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 so. Uh, um, l- let's go back to 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 your work, and 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 one of the things that that happened last week is um, um, last week on this very show. Um, Kaius Toller stood in for me and he had somebody from um, Legal Aid and, and I think that a, an important question was asked and no doubt an important answer was given but I think it, it sort of shows and, and I think Kaius in, in, in his question was, was, was indeed reflecting what many people perceive of, of Legal Aid South Africa. I want you to listen to this and following which I'll, I'll, I'll proceed with my question. This issue of really the cost of accessing the legal system. 7,000 rand and below gets you access to legal aid, but there's a perception out there that, you know, legal aid uh, is not where the best and the brightest minds tend to be. So, of course, it's the people that have themselves then said, look, we're going to go and work there. But when a person sees in these particularly prominent cases, particularly the, the big political cases, you see some faces out there you're like, hey, that's the attorney that I have. But of course, when you go to the legal aid board, that's not the attorney you're going to get. Kutano, any views? Well, I would say that it's an unfair view to kind of think that legal aid attorneys are inferior. That's tantamount to someone who says that black attorneys are inferior, which is a a standpoint that many people have. You'll find that um, most people, when they're doing well and money is coming into the bank, they'll go to Norton Rose and they'll go to other big, the big five law firms. And then once they have been, once Bavomiwe, and once there's no money left, then they want to come to Poshoko attorneys and tell me a story and say how this is happening, this is going wrong and why they're not able to pay my deposit, but which I think is unfair. Same as me then, uh, or same as the perception that legal aid attorneys are inferior attorneys. We all study the same thing. With regards to those sentiments about legal aid being inferior, no. Just because in Toyamahala, it doesn't mean that it is poor. It's, it's just that it's free. And that's something you should um, capitalize on. That's my view. That's, that's what happened and, um, last week. And, 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 and th- 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 it was an important question because even speaking as a private lawyer myself, um, you'd find that people do have some concerns about, uh, some people call them government lawyers, and, but properly they legal aid, legal aid um, uh, lawyers. One of the things that we don't know is actually what goes behind the work of Legal Aid South Africa. And, and I'd like to um, just invite you with some of the um, uh, stats that you have. How many cases does Legal Aid South Africa run um, at, a, at a given time? Because this, this sort of gives a good 
exposition, in my view, of just the extent and the coverage that Legal Aid South Africa has? So, in terms of uh, the overall matters that we handled in the previous financial year, and I'm talking here 2017-2018 because we've just concluded the 2018-2019 financial year, we handled 731,000 cases. Yeah. Of those, new cases were about uh, 426,000, and uh, the finalized matters, uh, 420,000. Now, that is humongous in terms of, uh, if you think about the resources that are needed to mm. handle the amount of uh, work that we do. But certainly, we do have the capacity, and uh, as my colleagues will later explain, the quality checks that we go through, right from uh, taking up a case to finalizing it, are very stringent. Our practitioners are supervised um, all the time, etc. We we want to believe that we are the biggest law firm in Africa, and uh, we are not disappointing. Later on, I'll share the stats with you in terms of. Um, how we utilize the money that we get from uh, from national treasury um, and 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 how that goes how it goes to help you know mm. the uh, people out there that we really service and and how many how many lawyers do do, do you employ or what's your staff complement as legal south africa we are just over above uh, we're just above uh, 2600 employees that's, that's that's enormous 80 percent of that number is uh, people in the legal practice mm-hmm. and 20 uh, percent about 500 uh, 500 uh, people are support staff that's that, that that is enormous and and you know i think the largest law firm in this country would boast no less or no more than 300 lawyers and 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 you guys are sitting at sort of because the breakdown on attorneys which are do we have a criminal attorneys who are doing criminal and also civil mm-hmm. attorneys we, a criminal attorneys we're having one point one thousand six hundred which are employed by in south africa and at civil we have 226 attorneys nationwide which are doing civil full-time in our offices so we have a, a and on top of the the civil they are also assisted by 178 paralegal sure those who are coming in the working client coming in in the local office of legal aid south africa to ask for assistant legal they are referred to paralegal who assess their case consult with them and then if there's a case they need to take it to a, a attorneys then who'll start to do the processes in terms of civil mm. document draft documents start the court processes the actions and and what is what is you know what is your legal what is your spend per, per year on on just running what what i've now come to know as the biggest law firm in 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 this continent well uh, the crunch that we got uh, in the year under review was 1.86 billion of that, we spent almost 99% of it. Yeah. So we make sure that we utilize every cent that we spend. And of course, be mindful and uh, prudent about our spend, mindful of uh, any wasteful expenditure that uh, it doesn't happen with us. Hmm. Um, to that end... Uh, so, so when we talk about you know, free lawyers, it, it's just free to you as the end user of the product, but it's, yeah. it's not really free because the, the tax tax people, tax contributors are giving uh, uh, 2 billion rands essentially 
to make sure that as a citizen of South Africa, you have access to these services. That is correct. That's, that's, that's correct. remarkable. Let's go back to the lines and um, let me talk to Spiwe from Soweto. Hello. Hi, how are you? Well, and you? I'm good, I'm good. Um, I have a matter that I want to ask. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, um, I have a daughter, mm-hmm. someone. I don't have proper access to her. I probably see her once or twice a year. And I'm not working for about three years now. And I cannot support my daughter, but I love her. I'd love to be with her all the time. And I need to know what can I do since I'm not working with my food. Will the law favor me? Will they will it be understanding towards that or what? Okay, but before before you go, please stay on the line. Do, do you have any questions for, for Spiwe? Um, no, no, we can okay. answer the question. Mm-hmm. Um, Spiwe, when it comes to the court looking at, at contact and care, uh, meaning access to, to a child, it does not penalize somebody if that person is not in a position to support in terms of finances the child. So that is not a consideration that should stop you from trying to, to gain better access or proper access, as you say. In terms of applying for legal aid, if, if that is also um, part of your question, um, you can apply for legal aid at your closest local office. We have 64 local offices and 64 satellite offices across the country. Um, but if to, to make it easier, perhaps, for, for, for you, some people, as well as other callers, you can call our call center. It's, it's still free, the number. And from there, they can assist you with regard to which is your closest point of access to apply for legal aid. And if I can give that number now, yep. it is 0800. This is now um, toll free from a landline. To repeat, 0800 110 Should you not have access to a landline, you can also send a SMS, which will be a please call me, to the following number and then we will call you back and engage with you and then you can ask the questions you have so that sms that please call me number is 079-835-7179 just to repeat that 079-835-7179 so if you send an sms there please call me or if you call our toll-free number we'll be able to connect you to your closest office this is also the legal aid advice line so even if you have other questions any of your callers and some people if you have other questions you can call this line and they'll be able to assist you with legal advice all right so so let's take a as i hope you've been helped uh, take another call uh Mbumi, uh from jablani Hello, how are you? I'm well, thanks, Mpumi. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. Mm. Um, I don't Mpumi, know I'm sorry, can... do you mind if, if I take your call after the break? Um, I've no just, problem. I've just, I've just, I, I was not mindful of the time. Uh, we're going to take a break, and like Mpumi, you can also give us a call. If you have any questions for my guests who are from Legal Aid South Africa, do give us a call, 86 We're back after this. Know your rights. Know the law. The Law Report with Michael Matuening Bill. 17 minutes before nine o'clock uh, we continue our discussion with the legal aid south africa and if you have any questions um regarding any topic of law or even how you can access the services offered by legal aid south africa do give us a call 0860009959 we are all here to take your calls and to help you essentially because this after all this is your show um, um bumi um can we try again um 
um, we, we, I had to take a break and, and, and I couldn't uh, uh, let you start your question. Let us have it. Okay. No problem. Um, greetings to your guest. Uh, I just wanted to find out. I just did work for... Um, uh, I work in the media sphere. I just did work for one media company. So now they, they owe me... I'm a freelancer. They owe me something like 20,000 rand. So I've been trying to get... Um, I, I, I've been trying to uh, get them to pay me. So they've been um, not responding to my emails or my texts or my calls. So I just wanted to find out if you can be able to help me. Okay. That's, that's a different one because as a freelancer, she'd be working as, I guess, an individual that's not a company. Um, would Legal Aid South Africa be in a position to help? Um, we would be able to help if the amount was a little more. Because the amount falls now within the small claims court jurisdiction, it would be something that is excluded. 20,000? Yes. It, okay. uh, the jurisdiction was increased on the 1st of April. So, um, Pumi, you can actually go yourself go to, to the small claims court and claim that money mm. from who uh, the persons that are, that's owing you the, that the money. And if you need to know, you know, what the process is and which is your closest small claims court, for example, again, if you were listening earlier, you can call our legal aid advice line and they'll be able to, to, to talk you through the process. You can call as many times as you like if you are unsure and they'll be able to guide you through it. And, and, and I think we, we had a show, I think some two weeks ago about small claims court and, and, and Bumi, I can tell you now, it's, it's, it's very effective. It's a very effective way because, you know, yeah, not a lot of companies want to be dragged in a small claims court. And if you suing them there, what it would mean is that small claims court is something that happens in the evening. They'd have to send somebody that, you know, somebody over there in the evenings. It's, it's, it's a, a big inconvenience. And depending on the size of the company you're suing, they might very well just settle because of just avoiding the nuisance of having to deal with a small claims matter. So, so try that. It, I, I, I think you should, you should find some joy there. But in any event, even outside of the issue of nuisance, I also think that they are um, quite effective in the sense that they can give you judgment that can be enforced like any other judgment. So, so it's, 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 you, should, you should be able to get some help there. So, so let's, turn, let's turn to this and, and uh, uh, something that I certainly have, have wondered. Um, um, it, it's, it's great that you have 1,600 lawyers out there, um, but I'm thinking your candidate attorneys. Um, in my firm, for example, I can only have three candidate attorneys who I must all super, I supervise them. I, 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 you know, no work of theirs goes out without having been checked by me. So to a large extent, they're working under my direct and constant supervision. And I find that with, you know, legal aid lawyers, they often are in courts, they are out there as opposed to being in here in a, in a, in a, in a context of an office. Um, and they are in different courts, they're in different areas, they're helping people everywhere. How do you make sure that the quality is maintained and, um, and, 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 and that there is, you know, consistency in the service offering. No, we, <clears throat> we have a quality assurance unit one, and we also have there some quality instrument in the office. Yes. And there are others which we are doing to check their work. Like, for example, at a local office, since you had, we have a 
120,000 local offices nationwide. Yeah. We are having the head of the office who's head in the office, and then we have uh, the supervisors who normally you find that the candidate attorneys, they are registered ring under them. Mm-hmm. So when they register candidate attorney under them, so they are responsible to train those candidate attorneys. But not only them, even the head of office come and also other attorneys, which are admitted attorney qualified, working at the maybe regional court or high court, they present training. We have our training every month. We have a training where we are training them in the morning also with our candidate cutting attendees we have something which called case discussion mm-hmm. in the morning we take their files we check what is what they're having in court and then we go through case discuss one of the cases which they are having in court and again when they draft any document our candidate attendees mm-hmm. they are not uh, entitled to sign any document they supervisors they sign all those documents whether a civil document if they are doing case of divorce or when they are going to represent a person in case they draft maybe 115 and not get uh, 115 or 112 mm-hmm. <coughs> sorry guilty plea mm-hmm. then the supervisor they are signing them and in I, court, I, I mean talking about guilty pleas that's where you go to court and and you say i, I you know i don't want to contest I, I admit that I'm guilty and deal with me. There's also criticism that legal aid lawyers tend to advise more on pleading guilty as opposed to not, um, uh, you know, as opposed to fighting a case out. Is, is this a, a legitimate perception? Is this a fair uh, view or perception that exists? No, no, it, it's not a fair perception. You know, legal aid, where it comes from, people maybe they... Uh, looking at the legal aid during all times, mm-hmm. legal aid at some stage during 90s, 1998 towards 2000, it has a serious problem. Mm-hmm. Remember, our service delivery system, we're servicing it through judicial attorneys, we're contracting attorneys. Legal aid it did not have attorneys which they hired oh, themselves. Okay, yes. So, most of people they did not prioritize legal aid matters, but since 2003 coming this way up until now it has a turnaround shift we have now introduced a service delivery system model where we hired people that's why we are having 1600 qualified attorneys and we also have a two 200 and we have a candidate attorneys which are a lot so that is the, the model which we are using and also we still have a judicare model where we are giving them the service that they were but now this the difference between the 10 legal aid and now is now now we are doing we have a quality assurance if we give a private attorney a matter which we call them judicare we call for those files after they finalize or during to come and inspect the file and assess them because the contract what we are entering with them we say to them this file it is a legal aid client and it's a legal aid file so at any time when legal aid wants the file to inspect it and check the quality you must release the side the, the file that's the contract that we are getting into mm-hmm. so now the, there's a, a very a training in the offices now to a certain extent that the, i think the perception about it's a people who have never experienced uh, legal aid attorneys or who have never maybe been to court because when you go to court any court most of them you'll find a different story where you'll find that other people they want to 
go for legal aid instead of private attorneys. Sometimes mm. it happens mm. in court. Where yeah, where other people have a preference. Pre- preference where you t- find that the magistrate is asking, this particular person we know is affording, but he's saying he wants the legal aid. Others, they come to office. You find that the person is earning 15,000, 16,000, doesn't qualify. But he will tell you now, please, can I have this attorney? I know, and people, they recommend him in court. So there is not a guilty plea. Not They don't be guilty legal it's like any other pra- uh, uh, legal practitioner mm. because remember we are the creature of the instruction mm. if a client give you instruction that go and plead guilty you, you can't so the, you the, can't the, the legal no. aid lawyer can't say no, no plead guilty plead, or plead, tell them how to no, deal with the case yeah no, you can't mm. yeah and the that that issue of the perception i think it, it, it the perception it's misplaced sure or, or if it's not misplaced it's certainly outdated yeah it's outdated. B- because you've yeah, sort of done a lot of work to make we, sure that we, you we, we've done a lot of work we've done a lot of work. Well, but but then the other thing um if i can turn to you miss Hendricks, is is the issue of you know civil matters uh, i'm just thinking the criminal the criminal uh, section has a thousand odd, 1,600 I think was the number yes. of lawyers, not even candidate attorneys, and you have something in the region of 200 and something. Uh, are there instances where somebody meets your criteria and you still can't help them? So I'm coming to you and I said, yes, my assets, my, um, my threshold um, um, is X and um, my matter is one that is in the regulation. Can you still turn me away? Um, so, no, not we, we don't turn clients away. Mm. Uh, what happens is we have a mixed model of service delivery. So we have in, internal um, legal practitioners that we employ, and we have judicare, which is external practitioners. Right. So in the event that we are not able um, to, or capacity has been reached at a certain office, we can consider whether we have external attorneys that we can um, contract with to do a matter. We also have cooperation agreements with um, you know, mostly university law clinics across the country. Mm-hmm. And so we, we enter into okay. agreements with them so that because they do the same type of work we do, they are in the business to increase access to justice and so we can talk to them in terms of a referral system and whether they can they are able to assist um, clients. Okay, so you got innovative ways to make sure that the client gets help ultimately. Yes, we also have um, uh, attorneys can credit with us for pro bono. So in the event that a person um, that we are not able to assist the person, we we can uh, use our pro bono or the attorneys that is accredited with us for pro bono work. We can use those attorneys also mm. to refer clients. And 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 Judy K, when when can I come and say, well, here's a lawyer, and I'd like him, I'd like to use him, but I'd like you to pay for him, Judy K. Um, so I must just make clear also that in terms of our regulations, um, you cannot choose the lawyer that you want. So what will happen is a client applies for legal aid and depending on on the circumstances, we might need to then um, appoint externally, Uh. but that person will be chosen in terms of a, a formula. Uh, you know that Legal Aid South Africa uses to choose which attorney um, to appoint and that formula works in terms of um, now it will work in terms of gender in terms of BE uh, um, in terms of what earnings people have made in the year etc. So it's sort of a rotation but a sophisticated rotation model mm-hmm. and how we choose. And, 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 and I, I'm just thinking when, when you talk about sort of you know I can't choose 
uh, a lawyer and, and and let's accept that i can't choose an external lawyer can i also not choose one that is employed by legal aid yes so i can't choose that either no mm. yes but 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 wouldn't it sort of be a good thing to promote competition even amongst your lawyers to say you know this is a sought after legal aid lawyer i don't know just wondering can but, i explain that also mm. yeah you know it it will be a little bit difficult to do that because remember in terms of our capacity and also our model it's a, a in criminal matters we have a practitioner per court model so oh, we yes. make sure that this in this particular court these people are safest so like uh, let me make example of a uh, so way to court mm. well find that maybe example there are eight regional court mm. and district court mm. so in each and every eight regional court it must have its own practitioner because we avoid in a situation there where you find that legal aid attorneys down he accumulate patents there patent there patent and, and end up spending like, time traveling end up spend a lot of time traveling yeah. to try to assist this person yeah. because there's a choice now yeah. it, at the end of the day it will cause a backlog at court case will end up not being finalized sure. that, that, that will be a problem there that is why and in in the other issue of a uh, jury care or there i'm looking at the issue of sometimes people they will ask if it's a case of civil ev- eviction i don't have money and the other this person wants to evict me i'm an uncle i also don't have money so this one come to legal aid is this not going to be a conflict yeah yeah the, that one that they we use mixed model system now. so 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 that's like the for lack of a better word, evictee and evictor. Yes, evictee and evictor. But would the evictor meet your criteria for admissions? Because I'm assuming you already have a property from which you're evicting somebody. Yeah, because remember, they, he, they will meet the criteria. As long as they qualify, yeah. as long as they qualify, both of them, the other one, it, it will be done internally, and then the other one will be judicial. I get it. I get it. Let's take a let's take a last a last minute caller, Robert. Of oh, Onaga five two. <laughs> Hello. I'm so sorry, man. It's alright. Man, nothing I will cut on. Can I let the office Sorry, say that again. Yeah, can I let the office Okay. Yes. Yes. Yeah. What about can I put that more current we high and now December and then we have the or High Court Johannesburg. Okay. Like like is a and then, and yeah. then, but how correcting legally due to Saho Hoba executor? Yeah, it's a legal on that December, the release of December, maybe court for 
can I just ask the amount in terms of fixing the car how much did sure. you spend so fixing the car I spent 60,000 six zero mm-hmm. um, then the towing company um, I paid about uh, mm-hmm. 15,000 yeah. sure let's, let's help so all quickly. in all is about and so just waiting for a robot to turn green Yes, so Bonginkosi, you can definitely apply um, for legal aid. Uh, it is uh, um, in, in excess of the amount and for the small claims court, so it's something that we can look at if you qualify for legal aid. Okay, there we go. Um, yeah. C- can I just give him the numbers? I don't know if he, you know, the number to call to find out which is your closest office mm-hmm. is 0800 110 or if you don't have a landline, you can send a please call me to 079-835-7179. So if you use those numbers, Bongin Kosi, they'll be able to connect you to your closest local office, legal aid local local office. All right. Thank you, Bongin Kosi, and thank you so much uh, to all of my guests from uh, Legal Aid South Africa. I think uh, I've, I've enjoyed chatting thank to you. Thank you very and, much. Uh, and I hope uh, South Africans get to use some of that two billion that's been allocated. <laughs> and thank you for not calling us legal aid board. I uh, I tried. <laughs> I wouldn't I wouldn't because I try not to call them legal aid South Africa. <laughs> All right, that's the law report um, for you tonight. Um, we're back again next week, same time. Uh, Sutumeya is up next. Rewinding. Rewinding Kaya FM on FM Rewind. Visit kayafm.co.za for more.